Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. You know, today is a very special day in the Christian calendar because everything we believe hinges on the event that we celebrate today. Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. He conquered death and he is alive. So that means you have the victory over anything that you face. He has given you victory. He has purchased victory for you and for me. He wears the victor's crown. But you know back then, after his death, no one anticipated his resurrection. They didn't believe it was going to happen. We come to church on Easter Sunday and we think, "Woo! how exciting. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate what he did. But on that day all those years ago, the trumpets weren't blowing on Sunday morning like they did when Jesus' birth was declared. The angels weren't singing. There were no cheerleaders standing outside the grave going, give me a G. Here he's about to come. You know, it did not happen. It was unexpected. All the heroes of the faith, Peter, James, John, they all ran. Because for them it was over. They were living in a God-gone world. He was gone. There was, there was no hope. There was no reason for hope at that point. He's dead. The man that we loved, the man that we followed... He's dead and we're never going to see him again. You know, there were two men who were a part of this Easter story. They're they're unknown men. They're men that we don't uh, hear about much. But they played a role in Jesus' resurrection. They became unlikely followers of Jesus. Some of you sitting here today are unlikely followers of Jesus. You didn't realise that you were going to be a follower of Jesus, but he came and he touched your life and you cannot deny it. That's what happened to these two men. Their story begins early in his ministry. You may have heard of some people in the Bible called the Pharisees. They were the very, very religious group. They were the good people. They were the people that the bad people don't like. Their full-time job was being good. Who would like that job? If you were to ask a Pharisee, what is it that you do? They'd say, I just be good. That's what I do. I'm so good that if God ever decides to say anything, I'm going to hear it first because I'm good. They were held up and they held themselves up as the best of the best. Their theme song went something like this. We're simply the best. That was their theme song. Better than all the rest. That's what they believed. Thing was though, these Pharisees couldn't stand Jesus. They didn't like him. 
They didn't like him because of what he taught. They didn't like him because he didn't keep their rules. He wasn't good in their opinion. He was good. He was good, but in their opinion. They didn't like him because the people loved him. And funnily enough, the people didn't like them because they were sick and tired of trying to live up to the rules and the expectations. So there was this little tiny breakaway group of Pharisees that were drawn to Jesus because Jesus is, wow, when you meet him, you're drawn to him. They were drawn to him and they thought maybe, just maybe, there's something about this man. Maybe he is in fact from God. Maybe he is in fact the Messiah. So two of these Pharisees, their names, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, There may have been others as well, but the Bible doesn't tell us. But this little subgroup of Pharisees got together one time and and they were talking about Jesus and saying, we we don't understand half the things he says or does, but but there's something about him and we think, well, he may actually be from God. Problem is, he's not doing what we want him to do. He's not keeping our traditions and we're afraid to follow him because if we follow him, we'll be kicked out of the group the Pharisee group. So they chatted and and they decided that we need to talk to him. We need to ask him some questions. We need to figure this out. So Nicodemus, he drew the short straw. They said, Nicodemus, off you go. You go and talk to Jesus. So Nicodemus goes to Jesus, the Bible says, in the night. And there was one thing that Nicodemus wanted to ask him. One question, in fact, you too may have wanted to hear the answer to this question. John 3, 1 says this, Now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus who was part of the sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. Nicodemus was a politician. He had authority. He had influence. Verse 2, One night he discreetly came to Jesus Master, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one performs the miracle for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. We We know that you are from God. So he was not there as an a me, he was there as a we. I'm here as a part of a, a group, and we have been watching you, Jesus. And we, we're starting to believe, but we've got questions. Can you answer my questions? But before Nicodemus could even get a question out, Jesus looked at him. And you know, when Jesus looks at you, he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need to hear. Even if you don't know that you need to hear it, he knows exactly what you need to hear because he sees right into your heart and your soul. And Jesus looks back at him and he says, Nicodemus, verse 3, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. Nicodemus is thinking, how on earth, Jesus, did you know what I wanted to hear? And Jesus answered the question that the Pharisees actually wanted to know. And the Sadducees actually wanted to know. All the religious people back then wanted to know. 
He answered all the questions that the people that weren't religious back then wanted to know. And he answered the question that you and I, at some point in our life, want to know. And it's this. How do I know if I have right standing with God? How do I know that when I die, there's something good waiting for me? How do I know that God likes me? How do I know if, is there any way to know in this life to have assurance about where I stand with God? Nicodemus wanted to know how could we know for sure that we can get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus answered that the only way to know if I'm right with God is to experience rebirth, to be born again. And Nicodemus is all flustered and he says, Rebirth? This is verse 4. How can a grey-haired man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. True, right? Yeah. Jesus, what are you talking about? I want to know how I can know, how I can be part of the kingdom of God and your answer is that I need to be reborn. Verse 5 and 6, Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit, wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual, spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. Jesus says flesh gives birth to flesh. You were born from your mother's womb, but it's spirit that gives birth to spirit, and God is spirit. If there's going to be a birth into the kingdom of God, then God has to be a part of it. There has to be a new birth experience, a spiritual birth. And this is totally new to Nicodemus. This is not what the religious people were taught about God. They were taught that God is in heaven with a piece of paper and you better be careful. Because he's watching every single thing that you do. And every time you do something wrong, there's a big X that goes over your name. And then hopefully you might do something right, so you get a little tick. Well done. But then you fail over here, three points taken off you. That's what they believed. That's what they were taught. And God was just a teacher. Always there watching and waiting to score you to figure out, are you, are you doing the right thing or the wrong thing? And these people, these, their, their whole view of God was that he was looking at all of the things that they were doing and all of the ways that they were behaving and determining whether they could get into his kingdom based on their behaviour. Jesus says, no, Nicodemus, you've got it wrong. You're a good man, but you've got it wrong. Just as you were physically born as a son of your physical parents and nothing you can ever do can stop you from being a son of your physical parents. There is an internal birth, there's another birth, there's a spiritual birth that takes place that connects you to God. And it's not external, it's not about what you do, it is internal, it is just about what you believe. It's about who you believe in. Verse 9, then Nicodemus replied, but I don't understand. What do you mean? How does this happen? This guy's confused. 
This is, this is the opposite of what he'd been taught. How could I have missed it? All of my life. I've tried to please God. I've tried to do everything right and be perfect and obedient. And you're telling me there's more? There's something beyond that? It's not even about that? Wow. Nicodemus was confused. Verse 10. Jesus answered Nicodemus, aren't you the respected teacher in Israel and yet you don't understand this revelation? So many people walking around in this world having this perception of who God is and what he is expecting from them. If you're here today, I hope you hear this truth from the word of God. Verse 14 says this, and just Jesus keeps talking. They're having this great conversation. And Jesus says, and just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of a snake on a pole for all the people to see and be healed, so the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up. Jesus is, of course, talking about his future death and resurrection. So here Nicodemus knows what Jesus is talking about. He knows exactly what Jesus is talking about because he's a religious leader. He's studied the scripture. And he knew his Bible. And he knew that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the Israelites, the children of God, left Egypt, went into the wilderness, and one night they were asleep and these snakes arrived and they started to bite the people. And so they woke up and went, oh my gosh, my gosh. They ran to Moses and Moses says, God, what are we going to do? And God tells him what to do. He says something that's a bit weird, right? Listen to this. This is what he says. Erect a giant pole, make a bronze snake, and put the snake on the top of the pole, and anyone who looks at the snake will be healed. And that's what they did. And they were healed. And Nicodemus knows this. Verse 15. So those who truly believe in him, Jesus, will not perish, but be given eternal life. Here's the answer to your question, Nicodemus. Everyone who believes can enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, hold on a minute. Don't you mean everyone who does everything right? Everyone who does, who is good? Jesus says, no, no. Everyone who believes. But I haven't been told that before. I've been taught it's all about how I behave. Jesus says it's internal. It's a spiritual birth. You believe your way into the kingdom of God. Whoever believes is given eternal life. So Nicodemus goes, okay. And he goes back and he talks to his group and he tries to explain what Jesus has said. And, and then they keep watching Jesus like everyone was watching Jesus. But they were still in secret. And the four Gospels, they give us an account of Jesus' death, his trials, his, the, his burial, his resurrection. And these two men were there. They were there when Jesus took the cross and dragged it up the hill. They were there when the nails were driven into his hands. Can you imagine how confused they will have been? They said to him, Jesus, we know that you were sent from God. 
And they're probably right there in the back of the crowd. Peter's run. The disciples are hiding. Everyone had given up hope. And there's Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea who had hoped that this whole thing was real. And as they look over the heads of the crowd and they see the head of Jesus being raised up, being placed on that vertical stake in the ground. They see his head, they see his neck, they see his arms, and that's when it dawns on them. This is what he meant. This is what he predicted. This is what he knew all along. This is part of the story that he told us would happen just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. The Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone, not who is perfect, not everyone who gets it right every time, but everyone who believes, everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. And suddenly it clicked for them. These were educated Jewish men. And one of the passages of scripture that they would have grown up memorizing would have been the, the prophecy of Isaiah. Because Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would come. But one of the problems that they had, the Jews, these religious people, they had a problem with that prophecy because his prophecy said, Isaiah's prophecy said that he would suffer at the hands of men. And the Jewish people couldn't understand how the Messiah would suffer at the hands of men. He's the Messiah. And as they stood there, those men who, they, they had no doubt as that prophecy came back to their minds, Isaiah 53, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. That's what he did. And while the rest of the followers, they, they had fled, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea must have stood in awe as they saw with their own eyes the fulfillment of that Old Testament prophecy and they realised Jesus was the Son of God. He was sent from God to take on the sins of the world. The Lord laid on him the sin of us all. And you enter the kingdom of God not through your behaviour, but through your faith in God, through your faith in what Jesus did for all of mankind. And so these two men, they decided at that point... We can no longer be secret followers of Jesus. And they did the unthinkable. 
After they watched Jesus bleed to death and die on the cross, they did the unthinkable. They went to Pilate and they said, can we have the body of Jesus, please? And John tells us that Joseph of Arimathea went and asked Pilate for Jesus' body and Nicodemus accompanied him. And now they're out in the open. They have gone public because when God touches your life, you have to let other people know that you're following him. They've decided we don't care what people think. We just saw the Son of God give his life. The Son of God. And they were the ones who buried him. They wrapped him, as was the custom of the Jews. And and Matthew tells us that the tomb they used was actually Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And after they prepared his body, they left. And they knew he was dead and their hope was lost because they thought they would never see him again. And then the next day, Mary and Martha... And a group of women came to the tomb and they show up and the stone's been rolled away and they want and he's not there and they want to know who's taken his body. And next, Peter and John came to the tomb and they were confused as well because what's going on? Because they didn't expect a resurrection. No one expected a resurrection. And then Jesus showed up. Alive, whole, resurrected. And he said to them, don't you remember? I told you this was going to happen. See, what God tells you is going to happen is going to happen. Sometimes we all go through deaths of kind. But I tell you what, if he says something is going to happen, there will be a resurrection no matter what death you've gone through. There will be a resurrection. Gospel is good news. It's the ultimate story that shows us victory coming out of defeat, strength coming out of weakness, life coming out of death, rescue coming from abandonment. It gives us hope. It gives you hope for your future. The Gospel is the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. And it can be your story as well. God made you to love Him, but He lost you. So He came back to earth in the form of Jesus to get you back. That's how important you are to Him. But it took the cross. It took the cross to do it. It took His life. He absorbed your darkness so that one day you you could become your true self by believing in what He did for you. You enter into the kingdom of God. You enter into a relationship with God and go to heaven eventually, not through your behaviour, good or bad. Good behaviour can't get you in and bad behaviour can't keep you out. It's all about you believing in what Jesus did on your behalf. It's not about what I do. It's about what He did. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.